All right, hello everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Garage Podcast. I'm your host, David Dassaw, and joined with me today is the lovely, the wonderful, the sensual Mr. Winter. How you doing, Winter? I am so tired. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, just before we hit record, you were telling me about this amazing show that you got to go to last night, which was Halloween as of yeah. this recording. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, it was last minute planned that I was going to go. And right. I had I took yesterday off. Okay. I should have taken today or tomorrow off. Yeah, that's that's really the thing. Like when you become an adult, it's not about the day of the the event it's the day after uh-huh. um that that's what's really important um, rest days are so important <laughs> they are uh you got to give yourself a bit of a respite i um i went to the when we were young festival not a flex or maybe a, like a half flex flex own it flex yeah. um i still have no idea how i lucked into that situation one of my friends got incredibly lucky they bought enough tickets for themselves and a friend. A friend couldn't go, so uh, you became the friend. I be well. I was already a friend, but I then I become the friend in, nice. in that instance. And um, I had enough time to to take off to to go to the show. I flew in the night before, saw the show. I was at the 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 fairgrounds in Las Vegas, across from Circus Circus, from about eight in the morning to 12 at night um that was when my chemical romance wrapped up and uh it's to say it was incredible would be an insult and an understatement to Mm. (laughs) to that whole thing it's god that's a hell of fair yeah um but i mean to to quantify it if you've uh winter have you ever been to a warp tour in the past did you ever go to warp tour the closest thing i ever no actually no i went to i got to go to the corn family values tour before it got shut down because that dude died <laughs> oh yeah um so, oh, yeah, man, i totally forgot about that that's a bummer um, yeah that was a time ago but yeah um so uh, it's it's essentially the same thing, you know. You got multiple stages, lots of bands. Um, the uh, the black and pink stage, they had it set up to where uh, they they were like side by side, like Warp Tour style, where one band would play, they would go off, and like like clockwork, the next band on the opposite stage would play, and then you had these striped and checkered stages where um, those bands like all day were set to like thirty minute sets like all day long um didn't matter who you know where they were in the band lineup um but the uh the black and pink stage the further you got into the evening the longer the sets got so like you know they started at 30 minutes got to 40 45 and then by the time paramore and my chemical romance played it was hour and a half sets. so um but i i I got to i'm yeah, I did get to see everyone that I wanted to, um, which was awesome. I got to see Dance Gavin Dance and Ice Nine Kills and nice. the starting line, which I never thought I'd be able to see again in my entire life because they haven't been a band in a long time. Hell yeah. Um, and so that That's was awesome. Most people's reaction to when MCR said they were coming back. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot... I, what I cannot quantify is the amount of people that showed up for, <laughs> for that band. Like it was indescribable. Like, I mean, just singing along to 60,000 of our closest friends to the black parade uh, is a, it will be an unforgettable experience. Um, I almost went to the show in Florida and I had to say no. Yeah. I had those tickets for three years. And I was just like, I am oh, yeah. not going to make that drive. And I am not paying that much for a ticket for a plane ticket. So I had yeah. to eat that one. Yes. Yeah, speaking of uh, expensive tickets, I barely managed to snag some for Blink-182 here in Nashville. Uh, barely. Uh, like, I I didn't think I was going to get any for a second there. Um uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, that's been a meme for a couple weeks now. Um, 
<laughs> so we don't have to discuss that. Just, you know, everyone knows they went on sale and then they sold out immediately because it's Blink-182 and, yeah, you know, of course, uh, Tom kind of went crazy there for a minute. Uh, so we no don't talk out. about angels and airwaves. <laughs> I actually, so the first album and the second album I liked, uh, yeah. everything in between, uh, kind of, it got a little too celestial and like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Kind of thing. Too much angel, not enough airwave. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then this last album that they put out, I think it was last year, is actually pretty good. Like, it had a little bit of a like all the stuff that Tom did with Blink. Like, it had that mm. feeling to it. So right. it was actually pretty good. I liked it. Uh, but yeah, I am super pumped that Blink is back together, and um, that we're uh, we'll get new music from them and tours and yeah, blah blah blah. So, but I saw Paramore dropped an album or is dropping some new music soon. Yeah. Um, uh, they have not skipped a beat. Um, they, they played their asses off. Haley looked great. Uh, sang great. Um, you know, had some wonderful words to, to, and knowledge bombs to drop, um, about, uh, activism and feminism. And it's, uh, she's, she's a super enlightened cat. I love her. I will. Um, I will never not say that Haley Williams is one of the best things that ever came out of this damn city. <laughs> she's yeah she's amazing um yeah and it was a that was actually the first time i ever got to see paramore so that was, <sighs> that was also a real treat to nice and you know that of course they they played a lot of their hits most oh, most yeah. of uh the, what they played was you know off the misery album and and all that so i mean yeah that that was the time frame they were going for yeah so that's, i get it yeah, that that was that really was the cool thing about the the show was that since uh, most of these bands, you know, uh, were on the rise in the the early mid late two thousands, they they stuck to like their early stuff. Um, yeah, some new stuff too, of course. But yeah, uh, but anyways, so despite our ramblings for like ten minutes about music, uh-huh. uh, it's actually not what we're here to talk about. Correct. We, um, I fucked up. Um, again, uh, no. with a, a, just a, a slight technical glitch. I overwrote um, some uh, some episodes that I had on my SD card. Um, I bought this neat, handy little uh, Zoom recorder uh, uh, device uh, not too long ago to to help eliminate some other hardware that um, that I was using. I was having to use a laptop and a mixer to to kind of wire up our setup like with all the microphones and stuff and the zoom recorder um actually eliminates all that and you just plug the microphones into that plug in your sd card plug it into power and then it separates all the audio onto different tracks for you which makes it um uh, it is really fancy yes uh for editing it's it's like a a match made in heaven um but you have to know how to use it in order (laughs) and not inaugural run yeah so um so here's a suffice it to say we we played our um i guess i should back up a little bit so winter of course you are our dm for the campaign that we're currently running right correct okay um so we uh we have now played uh, two sessions um, and one of those one half of or the first half of session one was uh, has been released the reason why the second half hasn't been released like I said I accidentally overwrote those audio files on the SD card because oh. I am a, a garbage bastard man incorrect <laughs> oh thank you um I appreciate the uh mm-hmm. the, the confidence incorrect. um so uh winter has graciously offered to come back on the podcast uh for a hot minute to kind of recap everything that uh you would have missed out on um on the second half of our first session of the campaign um so uh winter um i know this is uh this is going to be uh and listeners this is going to be kind of quick and dirty um but i'll uh 
you know, I'll kind of jump in and help elaborate and fill in the gaps where, cause it has been like a month or and a half or some change since that session. It's been a right while. about, yeah, it's been so, almost uh, a month. Right. So, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to let you, uh, let you do your thing and, uh, and recall as best as we can and I will help fill in the gaps. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, okay. Um, I will say this would be a lot easier if I were more of a traditional DM who took notes. However, I am also a trash human being who doesn't take notes. No, 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 no. Do you know? Mr. Superman is no here. My only, (laughs) (laughs) my only notes I have are literally the one that y'all wrote your, your wishes on Mm, that is still folded up in my coat. It's an excellent filing system. Correct. It, it resembles my filing system. There's a reason you can't see my desk. <laughs> um, yeah, same. Yeah. But uh, from what I can remember, uh, around the point that it would have cut off, um, we finished our break right about the time that you, um, that you all had uh, managed to rescue the the dragonfly or managed to catch the rome the rogue dragonfly and uh, save the the carnival patron the rider the dwarf dude yes whose name you didn't ask or anything like that because uh (laughs) percival was so fixated on whether or not red was around because the because northwind is the one who uh runs the dragonflies Mm-hmm. The big tree guy. Yeah. Uh, Percival, Mr. Percival Enos, he is uh, hyper fixated on that that vest of his squirrel. He's going to have a hard time considering uh, <laughs> what happened at the end of session two. That's not going to happen <laughs> now. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Please feel free to punish him in the game uh, as much as you need to. <laughs> I fucking loved like I think that happened in the second session um so that has obviously hasn't been released yet but like it took me a second but to to realize what was happening but like he kept on like badgering about the vest and just Mm -hmm. about um about red and I was like uh and you were like all right give me a, a roll for something and I was like oh that sounded bad is that like an end game punishment? Holy shit. I love this game. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Oh my I God. Can... It, yeah. One of my favorite things is absolutely being in that position of, Oh, you're going to keep fucking around. You're going to find out. You will hit the finding out phase of your experiment. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's all in good fun though. Obviously. Of course. Yes. Um, But yeah, no. So part of the thing about the game, at least for that area is you saw the map. And you saw mm-hmm. those counters on the corners. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, for the first chapter of Witchlight, you it all takes place inside the carnival itself over the course of eight hours. Um, and you can the DM can move the time along as they see fit, but there's also the other counter is for the mood of the carnival. And right. things you do impact the effect, or impact the mood of the carnival. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a lot of good things then the mood gets better. And once it tops out or bottoms out, it helps push the narrative along. I don't know if you, if you notice, but every time that you guys would do something good, I would do, I'd move everything up. And then after a little while, once he started pestering about the vest again, Mm -hmm. I started ticking it back down. (laughs) I, uh, I think I did notice that a little, I mean, I was doing it right in front of him so he could see it. Like it's (laughs) right there in front of everybody. And I was just just like, like, pick it up, wave it in his face really violently, and then set, mm-hmm. set it down in the opposite mm-hmm. direction. Yeah. Yep. If it could have glowed neon, by God. Speaking of glowing neon, I really need those glow dice. Like, I have found so many freaking dice. Like, it's the reason why I haven't, why I don't have any yet. Like, I keep on having to use yours, because like, I keep on, like, my Facebook feed is is just a giant fucking mall mm-hmm. with an occasional update from one of my friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and inside that mall 
it's just a bunch of D&D nerds trying to hawk their dice at me. And I'm like, quit it, guys. I'm already having a tough enough decision as it is trying to figure out what the <laughs> hell I want to buy. Because like we got the just the the traditional dice, which are beautiful. Uh, we got the the super elegant dice that like uh, have like that are like metal laser cut that have like twisting dragons on it. It's just, mm-hmm. I'm just like, how the hell is this possible? And then, like I said, you have the glow dice where you roll it and like it glows and like the, the number that you, mm-hmm. know, you land on that glows, uh, glows in, you know, whatever color. And then another set of glow dice, uh, that are, called orb dice yes and they actually they have a video showing exactly how it works but they're just they're balls and you roll them and like it has like a little like i guess weighted ball in the middle that helps the dice actually land on something instead of just continuing to roll it's super cool i want it all um and i will be poor by the end of this so yep welcome to the life of someone who plays D. <laughs> It's all good. Um, I uh, I didn't know that this is what I was getting myself into, but this is where we are now. There's no turning back. Welcome to my addiction. <laughs> um, so, after completing that part and the pestering of uh, Northwind looking for the squirrel and finding another squirrel that wasn't red, um, so... Uh, the orchard was done, and then the dragonfly, and then uh, there were the the kids. You heard the two kids playing. Yep, and that's where you guys met Derla, Derla mm-hmm. Grown, uh, a uh, displacer beast who works for the carnival. Right, uh, panther tentacle neck thing. Cool dude. Uh, with I believe Derla had. Russian accent? I cannot remember. I think that was right. Yeah, there there was definitely a Russian accent in there, and I want to say that that was it. Also, those character cards are super fucking dope. Yeah. Um, and the artwork, I love it. Like, I just want a a, a pack like just to have and look at because yeah. like they like the amount of effort that is done. Like, I mean, I I know I sound like a total newbie and novice. Um, uh. But like, you know, just, I, I've mm-hmm. never played D and D before, so like all this is new, and it's it's like amazing, like the effort mm-hmm. that goes into it. So I I just everyone that's listening that has played D and D before, just take uh your takeaway should be that I am super appreciative uh of the this game and like excited to play. So, yes, that yeah. I will say, um, when D and D was obtained by Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. Because that's when a lot of this marketing shifted. The amount of diversity in the products that they make and the markets that they project this stuff out to mm-hmm. grew so much. Really? Yes. Like, before... Wizards got a hold of it. It was very much like D&D one was small, like printed books that were like this big Mm -hmm. and hand drawn, really bad looking stuff. And then AD&D and all of that. Once it got into the once the big boys got a hold of it and said, here, have this Hasbro money. (laughs) Shit just never looked back. <laughs> That's what's up. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you got to walk before you can run, right? You, yeah, correct. So, you know. Um, it's just mm, so nice. Um, okay, so we, you got to meet Dirla, um, at which point one of the kids reached inside the lost and found tent or wagon, which is where he was keeping an eye on these kids. Um, and this kid found a like orb, like a little mirrory ball. Right. Um, and on seeing that Darla snapped at the kid, uh, grabbed for the ball with the tentacle, scared the kid. You guys had to go chase down the kid. Um, proceeded to, to do that. Um, 
and upon coming back with the kid, uh, there was a little bit of backstory as to where the ball came from, who it belonged to, which would be Darla's uh, cub star. Right. Who has been missing for a blank amount of time. Right. Uh, at which point Mara Jade was the one who said that, uh, that she would go and look for star. If they found star that they would, they would tell star, you guys would tell star, Hey, we'll, we'll bring you home if we can find you. Mm-hmm. Um, and was given the orb. I feel like Mara Jade has gotten a hang of this game a lot quicker than so... like rightfully <laughs> she should have like, like my wife, she, I don't know what the hell I did to deserve this woman, but like, she's so fucking smart. And like, she, she really knows how to like think outside the box when is necessary. And she's like, like she'll come up and like ask like a question. I'm like, Mm-hmm. Who said you could ask a question like that? And then winner's mm-hmm. like, it's very open ended. You can ask as many questions or whatever questions that you like. And I'm like, oh. and I'm just like, my head is like the dude. It's like the opening scene from Scanners where I just, <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> where I'm just like, there are no rules. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's that's um, that's like the biggest thing uh, or one of the biggest things that uh, or hurdles that I've had to overcome with this is um, it, is just adapting to the fact that it, it is such a like a an open world, open, mm-hmm. open everything concepts mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I, I don't want to say that there's no rules because obviously there's rules, but like it's it's just so open ended um, and I'm I'm not used to playing games with that loose of a structure in the words of my favorite fictional quartermaster really more like guidelines mm-hmm. captain barbosa right uh no i was talking about gibbs before barbosa oh yeah that's right don't they don't they both oh that, that it gets said like seven times oh uh, yeah that's right i think like but, every every fucking one in that uh that franchise says that line oh absolutely I, but, I need to revisit that franchise by the way that's those were some good movies. So good. Well, the first, so many. I, I it, that's a that's a different topic. But like, I don't uh-huh. know. I, I I will agree that they kind of went downhill after a bit. But I still found a way to enjoy all. Of that's them. fair. That's yeah. very fair. I I only watched up till like the fourth one. Did and you? And then then I just kind of. It, my interest fell off, not because my interest itself was just waning. I just got pulled to other stuff and never went back. Sure. I, uh, so. yes, there's plenty of stuff like that, that, uh, yeah. uh, that's happened to me too. So totally get it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll probably go back to it eventually, but, uh, that being said to go back to what you were saying though, about how that's a hurdle that you're having to overcome. Uh, it goes, there is one thing I want to say about it and then I'll finish this up. Cause we're almost to the, to the point of where the first session would have ended. Right. Um, one of the things that I think is great for people to remember about D and D playing is it's very much it's kind of, it's like improv. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing that will prevent you from going forward is a no. And it's really hard to get a no. Like, let's say you're in a situation where you have to like, you've got to pick a lock, which is actually topical for your character being a rogue right. and having that ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say you need to pick a lock and you you not only flub the roll, like fail the check, but you roll a one. <laughs> you get the equivalent of not only no, but hell no. Right, which is entirely possible because my ah. rolls are... Uh, they're you, either very high or incredibly low. <laughs> Could go either one way. One or the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Even in a situation like that, let's say you're in that position and you not want it. 
Typically in a situation like that, oh no, your thieves' tools have broken, and now the door is jammed. It's not, even in that situation, it's not a no, it's a, okay, this avenue is cut off, how else can you go? Right. Like, there are so many, the opportunities for thinking outside the box far outweigh the possibilities of me saying, ah, no, you don't want to do that. No, you can't do that. Right. I, I, it's very, very rare that I'm going to tell anybody you can't do something. Right. Except hunt down that fucking vest. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a different story. Yes. Um, when, uh, you know, that, that's not the first time you've mentioned, uh, that D and D is, is like improv. Um, and it really makes a lot, lot of sense and a lot more sense now. Like, cause before I played, um, I just heard through either friends or like reading articles online about all the, uh, the these actors that secretly or quote unquote secretly play D and D. And when I say secretly, as in like they weren't hiding it, you just didn't know that they played D and D in their spare time. Like yeah. Henry Cavill and Charlize Theron and, and Vin like Diesel Seth, and Vin Diesel and like Seth Rogen, like, and you know, like the quote unquote, like real or like true nerds or like your nerds nerds that you would kind of assume like, yeah, they play D and D like Jay Baruchel or, yeah. you know, um, but like, Charlize Theron and like Henry Cavill, that's a little bit more surprising. But when you mm. when you know, like going in, like like I said, you know, D and D was new to me, so mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much improv there is. Now it makes a lot more sense how it would attract a lot of actors because actors take improv classes. Um, actors love improvising, uh, at least a lot of them do, mm-hmm. and so naturally it makes sense that D and D would be a game that they enjoy. So I, I was like making that connection in my head. I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Like to f- kind of understand exactly why that mm-hmm. it works out like that. So three groups of people that I know are super prominent in enjoying D and D kids, mm-hmm. creatives like actors and band people and all that stuff. Right. And neurodivergence. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, all three at least same <laughs> at least a, a kid at heart i suppose that one yep not me yeah. sitting here with like model kits are all around me so yeah no i mean the 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 whole reason why we decided to grow up into adults anyways is so we could get Adult jobs money. to make money to buy the shit that we couldn't afford as kids like, Adult money Exactly. What's the point in growing up and making money if you can't go back and buy all the shit that you wanted and couldn't get like those collectible Power Rangers, mm-hmm. like like with the flip heads, like mm-hmm. now you can buy that shit. Sure, it's like three hundred dollars on eBay, but fuck it. Go buy it. Yep. Like, yep. like screw the lights, like like Cat Williams said in that 2008 special, like you got 18 candles just waiting to burn those motherfuckers. <laughs> fuck. Fuck that electric bill. <laughs> uh-huh. The only reason you need the electric is to have internet. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, maybe pay that electric bill. Like, find some other thing to skip out just, on. Just cut off all the lights you're not using all the time. Let the AC run only when it's gotta. Mm-hmm. Like, get get it to where everything's optimized, and you can have a $100 electric bill in December. <laughs> Are you going to have blankets? Yes. Are you going to have blankets and things you want? Yes. And that will make you a very happy camper. Damn right. Money doesn't buy happiness, but money buys things that make you happy and therefore by proxy. Yeah. There's money a, buys a little happiness. Yeah. There's a, a weird. Yeah. There's a weird uh, uh, kind of muddy line there, uh, mm-hmm. but it, uh, it it 100% makes sense. Yeah. So, eloquently put. <laughs> um. Okay, so got the orb from the Displacer Beast from Derla. Uh, at that point, uh, you you guys went over to the carousel yep. where you met uh, Diana. Yes. The centaur who's not a centaur. Yeah, that wasn't confusing at all, especially because I was like, I think, uh, what, what do they say, like 16 shades to the wind? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I was I was litty titty 
as the kids say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't fully comprehending what the hell was going on. So, um, person, horse died. Uh, happened to have the opportunity to make a uh, a request of a greater power. Wanted to be reunited with their horse and was reunited with their horse in the worst way. <laughs> Yes, uh, like a human centipede style. Uh, less gross. Centaur, like literally in the in the books, looks like a centaur, except fully colored like uh, like a paint. Okay. Where just that dappled look all over, head to toe. Hmm. Okay. Um, but also very, 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 very adamant. Not a centaur. I just made a bad choice. <laughs> um, a centaur, but, but not a centaur. Correct. Um, well, we're all on the same page. <laughs> and I, no one asked her name, which, which was great for me because I got to avoid the unfortunate pun that is her name, mm-hmm. which is Diana Cloppington. And there is nothing in the book that says that was not her name before this happened. (laughs) There's nothing in the book that says that that was not her name before she became what she is. When she was just a regular girl, her name might actually have been Diana Cloppington. She might have been a horse girl. I mean, and now she's a horse girl. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Like, isn't that the way that last names were kind of formed to begin with? Like, people with the last name of Smith were most likely blacksmiths, like a long time, Mm -hmm. and and descended from blacksmiths. It's Mm kind of like that. So maybe they descended from some some people that ranched horses or centaurs, uh, and they decided to take on the name of (laughs) Klopp. Sir Clop, Clopping, Clopping, or Cloppington? I appreciate how far you just rabbit hold on that. Hey, maybe one day <laughs> I'll make a good DM. I'm sure you would. I honestly, I like, I, I would kind of love to. Um, it's a bit intimidating, but <sighs> I feel like I could uh, one day. Oh yeah, uh, I, I could do a decent job. Here's the thing. You don't have to do an entire campaign. You literally can dip your toes in on a one-shot module. Yeah. That seems like the right place to start. And it is. It's always a good time to start on something like that. Yeah. Um, For sure. And it's just enough to give you that bug. And I will I will say this, though. The only downside of being somebody who DMs a game is it absolutely cuts the amount of time you get to be a player by like 80 percent right i'm in four games i am playing one of them (laughs) five games playing two actually yeah oh my god like that went up by three games like the last time that we talked or or maybe one game or two games i've lost track like it went up by two i yeah you're a madman like you must must really be a glutton for punishment or just no my schedules work out perfectly in the in the thing that our game is on a friday night mm-hmm. my other game that i'm that i'm playing in is the opposite saturday night okay so i still get one day a weekend because my stream game is every sunday night if we can show up <laughs> and then anything else happens to fall in between like if we don't want to run my game on a sunday night We'll run the other two, one of the other two. Right. So, well, obviously you enjoy it or else you, I imagine you would have shot down the, uh, uh, the, the request for, for DM. I love this. I love doing this. Yeah. It, it's my favorite thing, I think, in my adult life. That's a, that's a, a tall statement right there. Good. Sir. I know. Right. Like, and I'm not even that good at it. (laughs) 
I mean, we're having a, a ball and it's, yeah. uh, it's, you know, a lot of that is due, due to you. Good, sir. So I appreciate that. Yeah. But, but anyways, I'm, so, uh, uh, so let's, uh, let's figure out what else happened with this, right. with this centaur, but not a centaur. Yes. So you were having the conversation with Diana and there was a point where, um, something was said about the things that were lost at which point Diana immediately froze up and, and explained that she couldn't say anything else about it. However, she said that the carousel needed some quote unquote repairs and that she would be willing to shut the ride down for a little while in case you wanted to, you know, try and figure it out. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, elbow, elbow. <laughs> Um, at which point there was the first puzzle that you, that you all got to actually do, which was, um, basically there were eight different, uh, horses on the carousel. Four of them had their names fully visible and the other four, the names were missing letters. Right. And it ended up being, um, oh Lord. I can't remember the name of the term. Yeah, it, it was wasn't like, like a word scramble. Like no, we, we had like one or two letters of the name, and mm -hmm. then we had to fill in the blanks. But I, I forget exactly. Like I think you gave us like a couple of clues. Yeah, uh, because they were based off of like uh, proverbs or whatever the other That's, word is. Oh yeah. Um, um, uh huh. Uh huh. That thing. You were thinking of something and that I feel like I said Proverbs and you pointed at me. You were like, that's what I was thinking of. Yes, like, because it was things like... Like a rolling stone gathers no moss. and Right. Um, Fortune favors know, the bold. Right. Uh, things like that. Uh, that. Get out of the kitchen if you can't stay in the woods. Uh, I don't think that was one, but you were on the right track. It always makes me think of the scene <laughs> from... Uh, from boondock saints where he's like why don't you make like a tree and get the fuck out of here i love it yeah. i love that that old man yeah um, hey, fuck <laughs> ass, get me up here <laughs> fuck ass the, the fact that his name was fuck ass is like it's just amazing and then like the next scene you see him at the hospital where like mm -hmm. they're giving him like all the guns and stuff to to hide and he's like walking by the the uh it's the a, nuns and yeah. he's like fuck ass <laughs> because it was a uh catholic uh basically hospital? like a Basically like or, a Catholic volunteer shelter with a yeah. hospital sort of thing set up in it. Mm -hmm. The late 90s, early 2000s were weird. Yes, uh, um, that they were. <laughs> <laughs> very, very weird. Uh, good times. Um, but you, you guys managed to figure out all of the proverbs. You made the matches. Um, and at which point... You were all able to during the ride, because once you did this, the ride itself kicked on. Everybody got to get on a got to get on a horse and have a free carousel ride. Uh, but while the ride was going, each of you were given three pieces of information. Right. Relative to the thing that you lost, as in who had it, where they were and a flaw or weakness that they have. Right. Um, but they were very abstract. Uh, to the point where I will say part of there's a good 10 minutes of session two at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Once someone made a mention of it that y'all just kind of went back and forth about trying to ask people about this stuff. And I'm like, they don't know. <laughs> These people don't know. <laughs> they are going to look at you weird. It, it is like uh, the uh, like 98% of are you my mother? Where the that little what, what was it the the duck or goose or something like that walking around and it's like are you my mother to like it was this a, giant fucking excavator as a little duckling yep yeah that that was like one of my favorite books growing up like yep. that part in the book where it's like talking to the excavator and like the excavator takes up like like a two pages worth of space like for some reason that always kind of freaked me out a little mm -hmm. bit but like. 
you know i think that's where my love of horror movies really first started was like the demented imagination of dr seuss uh, is uh or i don't know I, I can't remember if he wrote that book or not. i don't think um, he did but i still don't oh god no mm. oh, i mean i i love dr seuss as well like green mm-hmm. eggs and ham like every fucking night i made my mm. mom read that shit to me so fair but yeah um but yes that that is probably where my demented brain first latched on to the horror uh genre and was like "Ooh, i like shit that messes with my head <laughs> fair <laughs> enough yeah um so at that point was where we uh you guys got off the ride um and got to collect yourselves and communicate amongst each other about what had happened what you all had heard and that was where we had technically ended the session well winter uh since this has turned more into a full-fledged episode of the podcast rather than just like a hey this is kind of sort of an episode but more of like a recap of what was supposed to be a D episode um since that's the case um I know you, uh, I, I can't remember exactly how much of the podcast you have listened to, um, but just in case, uh, for every episode, aside from the D&D ones, obviously, we do a segment called Shit That Doesn't Suck, and okay. uh, you basically uh, pick one, two, three, seven things that you have watched, read, listened to, whatever anything that you'd like to recommend uh that you have consumed in media form uh here lately uh most of the time we do movies or tv shows uh sometimes we do books or audiobooks it's just whatever your heart desires but um it's like i said it's called shit that doesn't suck you make Fair a enough. recommendation to uh or recommendations to to our listeners um okay. and uh and then we peace out this bitch sweet Shit that doesn't suck. Um, seeing as how it's on my mind, I'm going to go with music. Dope. Um, and I will, I will give you two bands that I one is the one that I saw last night and the other is one who their information is currently sitting on my wall. Okay. Um, the first one is uh, planet booty. Yes. We were talking about this before we yes. recorded. love them to death. Uh, they are out of California. Um, Ooh, what part? And uh, Do you know? LA. Okay. Uh, I know that Dylan is actually born, was born in Indiana, which okay. is weird. Um, considering he's very very much not who i would imagine being from indiana um but they do uh funk kind of um it's kind it's got a little bit of a comedy mix to it they are very much about positivity like body positivity identity and all that other stuff and being comfortable with yourself and being nice and being uh, being good and being sexy and being all this other stuff and it's a very good time mm-hmm. but it's called planet booty for a reason sure exactly yes okay. uh and the other band uh is someone who i found them through okay which is tupperware remix party twrp why does that sound familiar live action daft punk basically Okay, <laughs> so it is. An, I'm with it. It, it is. Uh, it's a four-person band from Canada. Okay. Um, they have been around for what feels like at least fifteen years at this point. Okay. Considering they are our age, uh, there's somewhere online you can go on YouTube and find a, an original video of them on uh, Canada's Got Talent when they were just oh, wow. in morph suits. <laughs> nice. they've come a long way um but again very very inspirational very like uh positivity all that other stuff also very funk related like their most of their albums sound like a mix of modern music daft punk and the 70s all right um 
as they like their big thing that they always uh, always say is that they are uh, a plant. They are a band of space traveling uh, musicians who are from the 1980s, but also the future, but also outer space and also Canada. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a highly accurate description of a band based out of Canada. <laughs> right. Because right. Canadians have a very wacky sense of humor. Yes. Uh, and that, uh, that sounds right up their alley. Absolutely. So, yeah, that is, that is on par. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're good friends with planet booty. They're good friends with a couple other bands. They actually know the proto men. Oh, okay. Uh, right on. You know, from out near where you're at, actually. Sure. Um, like that was the first time I ever saw them live was they did a show at exit or no at it wasn't exit. It was marathon, I think. Okay. Yeah, it was marathon. It was protoman and twerp together and it was so good. Right on. Um, but I highly recommend both of those bands. Um, they are wonderful people. If you need something to pick you up. Okay. That's those are awesome suggestions. Um, listeners definitely make note if you're looking for something new to listen to and uh, as well as a, a pick me up with some positivity. Mm-hmm. So definitely check those out. Yeah. Uh, well, since I blabbered on about music for like an hour uh, at the, the top of the podcast, I will eschew the, uh, the, the music entries and I will do my typical, typical movie entry that I do nine times out of 10. Um, I had been waiting to, uh, waiting for Nope to come out. Um, Jordan Peele's third and uh, most recent film. Um, it had been available since like the beginning of October, like Hmm. to either buy or rent digitally, but I do not like to buy digital movies, uh, because, um, uh, I don't know, like if a DVD or Blu-ray or whatever comes with the digital copy, perfect. Yeah. Uh, I will take that. But I don't like to like, like I'll rent something digitally. I just, I, I don't like to buy something like pay 20 bucks for something that I can go out to like Best Buy and spend the same amount and have like the physical copy that I can like put on my shelf because it like appeases the collector in me. Um, but anyways, you um, need the thing. Yes, in your hands. I, I I like to I like the the hunt. I like going and looking for it and finding it. That little endorphin rush when you're like, oh, there it is, and uh, and then paying for it and and oh, I uh, so I did get it at Best Buy and I found a PlayStation Five out in the wild. Like someone w- like had just bought it in front of me and I didn't realize oh until God. like he was walking away and I was like. Oh, like it was just they a beam, do exist. like a beam of light was like shining on it. And I was like, I, I looked at the dude, he was looking at me like, what the hell is your problem? And I was like, I just never seen one out in the wild before. <laughs> he was like, yeah, me neither dude. And I work here. <laughs> oh no, poor baby. <laughs> I know. Um, I was like, yeah, man, I've been waiting for, uh, a long time. Um, hoping to get my hands on, one, uh, uh, a disc version. Uh, so we'll, I will we'll see. I will send you uh, the info for a guy that I've been following on Twitter for a while uh-huh. who every like every day or two, he'll make a list of all the places online that are carrying them. Oh, like all dope. of the systems. I just haven't bought one because I haven't saved no up money. that money. Right. Because who just has a random like six hundred dollars lying around to Correct. drop on a new console. But uh, Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so um. All that to say, uh, my suggestion this week is nope. Uh, <clears throat> go into it as blind as humanly possible. Uh, you will be rewarded in the end. Don't read any reviews. Don't read any critiques or um, what have you. Just go into it blind. Um, and it's it's amazing. Uh, I learned today, I was listening to a podcast on it. Uh, same cinematographer as... Um, uh, that Christopher Nolan uses, which is a little surprising because usually Chris Nolan's films are uh, very desaturated. Hmm. And um, this movie is the exact opposite of that. Like, the, you know, it's, 
I th- I'm pretty sure it takes place in Texas. Um, and you know, big open landscapes, you know, they live on a ranch. Mm. Um, you know, Stephen Young's uh, character, he, uh, he owns his own business and that is, you know, basically out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so, you know, these beautiful scenic shots, um, and you know, big blue skies. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous, uh, to look at. Um, like you could just, turn the volume down and just watch it that way <laughs> and still get plenty out of it. So, uh definitely recommend it. Even if you're not into horror, you'll still get some out of it. It's it's amazing, perfect. Okay. Um so that is uh that is what I recommend. Nope. Nice. So. I'll have to give it a watch. Yeah. Um anyways, uh Winter, do you uh do we miss anything in terms of our recap or do we do we cover it all? I think we hit all the important bases. Anything that we missed will either be covered in the quick recap for session two or during session two. I think. Excellent. And I'm so excited to pick up for chapter two. Yes. I'm so excited. Yeah. I feel like uh, we're going to get, we're going to really get into the meat and taters of this thing. Very much so because everything that you guys have done for the past two sessions Mm -hmm. A, there are little pieces of it that do impact the rest of the story. But B, everything changes. The whole dynamic starts to shift from here. Oh, wow. Okay. So. I I can dig it. I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, Winter, uh, not only uh, a huge thank you for coming on, period, but for, you know, being gracious with your time, um, (laughs) agreeing to come in and make me look better uh that and like i actually know what i'm doing uh and uh, helping me fix this issue of of missing podcast time so hey it happens new stuff is fun to work with and sometimes side effects so it's a pleasure Uh, to be here well i really appreciate it um And uh, listeners, uh, thank you so much for for tuning in. Uh, like always, you can uh, subscribe to us if you haven't already. We're on everything, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, blah, 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 blah. And yes, we're on YouTube. You get asked that a lot. Um, leave us a rating and review if you like the show. Um, if you don't like the show, I can't stop you from leaving a, uh, <laughs> a rating and or review. Um, I can. But... Uh, <laughs> My 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 line used to be like one stars or five stars. Uh, none of this middle of the road bullshit. You commit to the bit, and if you leave me one star, I will take a shit on your porch. That was that was like my whole spiel, which is a ridiculous spiel for for just the rating section of our sign off. Um, but anyways, uh, if if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, and always be kind, stay geeky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Bye-bye.